0: What is the best university ever? Welcome to Iowa, where you can write your own story. Choose from over 200 areas of study, including a dozen programs ranked in the top 10. Roll up your sleeves and try something new. You never know where it might take you this
1: story is written directed and produced by you learn more at uiowa.edu but everything is like is he gay yeah um and that does happen a lot so i have i have had the tattoo now on my back since i yeah. was 21 and i've never shown it to my parents even though i'm often like not wearing much clothes in the house i'll just have a towel behind me okay to cover my back
0: what does the tattoo say
1: Or i'll walk backwards you walk back, wait, you walk backwards so they won't see you. Yeah. They're Sometimes like, Jaren, why do you backwards. keep
0: moonwalking through the living room? Yeah, are you, are you gay? Why are you walking like that? <laughs> exactly. Um. <laughs> Breathe out through the mouth, breathe in through the nose. No, it's the reverse, actually, isn't it? Uh, You can't breathe out before you've breathed in. Breathe in through the mouth. Listen, listen carefully, don't make me repeat myself. Breathe in through the mouth, breathe out through the nose. Are we okay? Are we respirated? Can we begin? Hi, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks rip the instructional laundry tags off all of their garments because God knows that cherry red tankini is just going to turn everything pink anyway. That's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2SLGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. Welcome. Spring is in the air. I hate cold weather. Have I mentioned this before? Have I alluded to this on this radio program? I don't like it. I don't like the cold. I like a little fresh nip, if you catch my meaning, to properly set the mood to cup a hot drink or a warm piece of cheesecake. I just slightly grossed myself out. My point is I don't like cold weather. As a young Catholic, I was told that suffering contributes to this sort of global karma bank in the world that others can benefit from. So me suffering in the cold could be good for you. It's sort of the same argument of uh, you can't waste food because someone else across the planet. You know what? Even that argument is better, actually. My point is my pain is not someone else's gain, especially when it comes to the cold. That's shit. I don't like being cold. I don't want any more cold. I would like to start snowboarding yesterday. Yesterday. And mark my words, this time next year, if I'm not ice cold on a a morgue table somewhere, oh no, this got dark. But if I'm not, I would like to be somewhere warm throughout the whole winter. Because in exchange for having a body that is lithe like a cheetah, Uh, ask anyone. Ask anyone. Life like a cheetah. My body also runs cold. I get cold very easily. It's a conversation point amongst my friends and strangers uh, where I say, touch me. Feel how cold I am. So I run cold. I am always drinking hot drinks, even in the summer. The hotter, the better. I'm warding off full-blown hypothermia. At all times, I would like to, if I may sort of manifest my own destiny, live underneath one of those sort of restaurant hot food passes with the heat lamps, just next to like a plate of nachos or a hot pad thai, if you know me well. If that hot pass is not available, perhaps that would be sort of an issue with OSHA, or maybe uh, a restaurant food safety group. You can just shove me straight into a chafing dish at a hot buffet. Like that of a Best Western Continental Breakfast. That's where I would like to be. My point, and I insist, at the bottom of this rubble, I do have one, is that I like to be warm. Spring is in the air. Spring is warm. This is a good time for me. I'm feeling optimistic. Who knows what kind of heat is in store with global warming. So I say, (laughs) imagine... I've become a a pro-global warming enthusiast. That's not what's happening. Just heat me up is what I'm saying. If you have connections, heat me up. My guest today, this is a podcast where I have guests. It's not just my fucking stream of consciousness nonsense. Although that seems to be a lot of what you get, huh? I'm sorry. My guest today is Jaren So, fantastic Jaren So, who came at me real hot, from a European time zone. You might not know about Jaren, but you're going to be real excited about Jaren. And speaking of heat, this conversation gets not only spicy, but tropical in a lot of capacities. We directly reference humid weather. We talk about hot islands. There will be military drills. But no spoilers, as I'm wont to say. Let's learn some more about Jaren from the bio on Jaren's website. Huh? Jaron is the founder and CEO of Voda, the LGBTQIA+ mental wellness app that works with leading LGBTQIA+ psychotherapists to develop guided therapy programs centered on the queer lived experience. The Voda team is on a mission to help our fellow peers in the queer community lead better, more fulfilled, and thriving lives. I love this, even though I think it's a a bit of a risky endeavor. Because God knows queer folks don't need any help with their mental health. We're fine, thanks. Well adjusted. I'm just over here crying into a creme brulee, and it's no business of yours. But if it was, thank God for Voda. More about Voda later. Voda is not sponsoring this shit. I just have a delicious sponsorship voice. Before Voda, Jaren started his first startup called Artisan and Fox while he was studying at the London School of Economics. Nice flex. No big deal. I stopped math after grade 10. Who's bragging now, Jaren? After a chance meeting with silversmiths in the Nepali Himalayas, Nepali? It's Nepali Himalayas. The e-commerce marketplace evolved into a global social enterprise, serving artisans across the globe, from remote villages across Southeast Asia to the old city of Kabul to the Syrian refugee diaspora in Lebanon. So international, a uh, humanitarian, well-meaning, queers with mental health, you might think that Jaren has it all, but as you'll hear in our conversation, Jaren has a lot. Jaren has it all. Jaren's a lovely person, funny, warm, really has some cool, interesting stories. I loved speaking with Jaren. I had the pleasure of spying on his gorgeous wood-paneled living room during our conversation with quite a tasteful curation and arrangement of Photos and knickknacks in the background. But enough about that. Let's move on to today's episode. I really hope you enjoy it. God knows I enjoyed making it with my cold, life hands for you. So enjoy my conversation with the one, the only, the wood-paneled home-inhabiting, Jaren So.
1: Hey, Jaren. Hello. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Very well. Um, so I'm back in windy London. I spent the past couple of weeks in Singapore. That's where I'm from. Yeah. And how's your, how's your day today?
0: Well, before we go there, for, I want to send my condolences because <laughs> you've gone from a beautiful tropical climate to... London, which is, you know, everyone loves London, but n- not known for its weather.
1: No, not exactly. Yeah. Uh, London is basically mostly just cold and rainy. Uh, and Singapore is sunny and rainy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but at least we get the sun. <laughs> yeah, wet no matter what. Mm-hmm. How was your trip
0: home? And was for a uh, uh, Good reason,
1: I hope. Yeah, so um, I went back to Singapore for the Lunar New Year.
0: Yes, of course.
1: So back to see family. Yeah. So that's where I'm from originally. So I grew up in Singapore. Uh, very beautiful, very sunny, very conservative. And I've been based in London, UK for the past eight years now. So I came here from undergrad. I've been working here since then. But basically the trip was just back home to see family. Um, uh, yeah, and that's when you get... All the awkward questions over, like, when are you getting married? Oh,
0: yeah, love those, love those. Mm -hmm. And what do you answer?
1: Um, So, for context, I am out now to Uh most people in my life, including my parents, Mm -hmm. but there is still a kind of a don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Yeah. So, when I do get those questions from my relatives, the default is like, um, I'm very busy with my career. Yes, yes. And then they'll be like, How much money are you making? How much money are you make? <laughs> yeah, you got to um, start saving up for those kids, right? I know. How many kids do you want? Have you met a lovely girl? Well, like, maybe you don't want to tell your parents. You could tell me. You can trust me. Yeah.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then you just have to uh, just sort of sidle over to the food table and distract Mm -hmm. yourself. And so uh, segue in there. First of all, happy belated Lunar New Year. Thank you. Of course. And then Singapore, lovely country. I've been to Singapore before. But yes, Singapore is known for its prohibitions. For example, no chewing Mm -hmm. gum, no durian on public transit. Mm -hmm. Um, And durian is something... When I travel, I really like to experience as much as I can about, uh, you know, a local place, food, culture, et cetera. I tried so hard to like durian and I just can't do it. Mm,
1: yeah, it is the blue cheese of food. <laughs> it's um, perfect. And Singapore does have many rules. So even with COVID, it's, it's been quite a reverse culture shock going back because I get on the tube or what we call trains. I'm not sure what you call it in... Um, in Canada, um,
0: uh, but- train subway like is it underground?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's it's underground. Yeah, the subway. Um, but basically, yeah. But basically, they have more signs now oh. in the subway. Yeah, and because of COVID, there are now signs that are, that ha- that features a person wearing a face mask. Ah, yeah. With the, with the with the finger over the face mask, and it says, "Please do not talk." And I thought that was ridiculous. Like we're already wearing face masks, yeah. and we're not allowed to talk.
0: I love that. Through just like because it's noisy and annoying, but I love it's a mask with a finger in front of it and then probably a big red circle with an X in front of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the perfect segue, Jaren, because we're talking mm-hmm. about uh, repression, censorship, um, systemic silencing involving masks and fingers and fruit. And so, of course, you know, you and I know um, now as educated adults, that so many things can shift the path of our life can change our jobs, the places we live, and of course, who we want to bone. So we know now that things Mm -hmm. can make us queer. But we didn't know this when we were growing up, you know, we were just sort of subject to the winds of change, the scent of the durian, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now, uh, in our knee-deep in our trauma, we get to look back at these things on our microphones and point the finger of blame. So I want to invite you, Jaron. Why I've called you here, is once mm-hmm. and for all to give you the chance to, again, point the finger of blame at who and or what Jaren made you queer.
1: Yeah, so many things. Um, <laughs> I get that a lot. Like, where do I start? Uh, this is like <laughs> a therapy session, really. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll bill you after. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I think, you know, it starts from a very young age. I think in in a place like Singapore and also Asian culture in general, um, people wanting to like look and appear a certain way. I think one of my youngest memories from when I was a kid was my parents and my relatives trying to correct the way I walk. They're like, you walk too girly and walk in front of us. And I was just like walking in front of everyone. And I was just like, I'm trying to get it right, but I just couldn't get it right. So they um, had so, you walk, they were like, show us your walk. Yes, everyone was looking at you and like, walk, and I'll walk. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, 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 You need to do this, or you need to do that. And then they walk, and then I'll walk as well. And I was like, maybe four or five years old. So I guess walking made me queer, because I had no idea what was going on. I just wow. knew there was something wrong.
0: Isn't that wild? Um, Even at four and five, you had like a panel of uh, finishing school teachers who were trying to get you mm-hmm. to walk like a quote unquote boy. I know. Uh, and and, what, and yeah. what is it? Do you remember like, what was it about your walk that was too swishy?
1: There was like a spring in my step. Like, this was a very happy kid. <laughs> oh, there was joy. Like, yeah, this girl is, is walking like a fairy. Think about maybe. I love um, it. Yeah, so, you know, that just makes you I guess as, as, as kids, you get these implicit and explicit messages from your surrounding when you're mm-hmm. queer, that who you are is not okay. And you know that to me, I don't think it affects me really to this day. But it's just kind of silly thinking about it now. Yeah, and you know, um, just from society, and I'm the only son as well. So in like, do you have Asian culture. I have two older sisters. Okay, so I'm the youngest boy. Um, I did get lots of love and affection, I suppose. I'm very spoiled. <laughs> but that that comes the pressure of also when I first came out. Like, you know, it was it was a nightmare. Um, right. But then it was okay, which was great. And life's great now. And I'm very happy now.
0: Good. Yeah. Spoiler. Jaren's fine. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, because yeah, even at four and five, I mean, you're so, I'm sure in some situations, you're already sort of watching yourself with a critical eye. But a lot of the time, you're just doing, that's the golden age where you're doing things with no self-critique. Like the way you draw pictures. You just think you're mm-hmm. great at everything. Mm-hmm. Except walking, apparently.
1: Yeah exactly and I think it was maybe the stereotypical gear kid. so I wanted yeah. to play with my sister's toys they yeah. had the cooking set oh come on you know, and I had race cars I know I was like I want to play with that I want to make <laughs> burgers and serve tea and that's what I do now as adults I love hosting my my friends amazing my queer friends for like dinners and brunches yeah you know and that just I think really affected me a little bit growing up and then that then led me into joining the cadet call I'm not sure if you have that in Canada.
0: So we you can elect to join uh sort of the military or like um the mm-hmm. I forget there's like an, an optional one. But I know in Singapore, if correct me if I'm wrong, but there's one year of mandatory service or two?
1: Um so it's about closer two years. So it's closer to two years. Um wow. but when I was thirteen, I joined the Cadet Corps also because I think it was a continu- continuation of my parents it was like this guy's still is still walking too gay. Right. So they got my sisters. <laughs> It was like high school. I was 13 and like joined the cadet corps. And that's when in Singapore, you're aged between 13 to 16.
0: Okay. And what do you do? What does one do in the cadet corps, Jaren?
1: Uh, So it was like a mini army. So it's kind of like boys in uniform. Um, Oh, my God. uh, I mean, so so
0: far I'm interested.
1: (laughs) Boys in uniform, go on. No, it's like... I was like, I mean, that backfired on you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really pressured to join that. So it was mm-hmm. like basically the army version of Scouts. So instead of tying ropes, but you're learning how to like throw grenades and like march. Wow. Or like, were you using real weapons? Uh, I think we fired a gun, maybe it was one of 16 or 16, 15 or 16. So you, yeah. you start with blanks and then you kind of learn more and you learn to strip a rifle. And you spend lots of time with the other boys and yeah. you go on camps. It's very gay, really. Um,
0: yeah. Were you, do you live, like, do you stay living at home normally and then just take a few trips with your buds? Or do you live in a barracks or something?
1: Uh, no. So it's a, it's a school activity. So okay. it's like, it's like the football club, oh. but, um, but army style with like so something you do after school. You put on your uniforms with the other boys and you march around and you shot it each other. Yeah. And you change together in the toilets or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I ended up getting quite good at it. So even though it was quite camp. Interesting. Um, I ended up being like the chair of the group, basically.
0: Okay. And so I get you figured out the
1: walk, basically. Uh, I think I'm a, a better with the walk. Yeah. And I learned, to, I think, over time, kind of correct the way I walk a little bit. Mm. But also, I think they, they just, I was just quite bossy. I, mean, I think maybe that's a little bit gay. And they were like, this guy knows how to, like, get things done. And so I might, yeah. might not be the best shot or the best at drills, but they were like, he knows how to boss people are around.
0: Yeah, you had, a good, well, you had a lot of experience with being told what to do. But also, in a weird way, it became, it sounds like, a nice outlet for you to I don't, maybe get away from your family a little yeah. bit? Or just, like, be,
1: sort of actualize yourself as an adult? Um, a little bit, I suppose. Um, because it was something you did after school. So I still went home every day. So it okay, was like okay. boarding school or yeah. anything like that. Um, so yeah, I did a cadet call for few years. Uh, oh. And then eventually when I was 18, we did go into the army.
0: So tell me about that.
1: Um, is the army very gay in Singapore? Not so much.
0: Okay. Did uh, you have the same uniform? Did they get longer or shorter? <laughs> very, very similar. Um, okay. But I mean...
1: Are they shorts or are they pants? Uh... They were pants, but okay. I mean, we do wear lots of shorts when we're doing like physical exercise. And right. Singapore is very hot, so there's lots yeah, of sweat and true. very often you're shirtless. Yeah. Um. So yes, but I mean, I think now in Singapore it is, you know, it homosexuality is still kind of outlaw in a sense that um, and it's only specific to its gay men as well. So mm. we have the remnants of uh colonial law uh-huh. um, which outlawed sex between men and sex between women mm-hmm. they removed the ones for lesbians years back and now they kept the ones for the gay guys just for um, gay
0: men it's still prohibited but women can have gay sex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interesting
1: um, yeah uh and you know also, the the state has also kind of said publicly that you're not going to enforce it
0: right okay so Maybe. if you're gonna do it just like you know like do it discreetly is sort of the message
1: uh Yes, and no, I suppose. Uh, what they're really trying to say is that they want to leave it in there as like a moral guidepost or something. Okay. Um, to be like, we don't approve, but we won't chase after you. Yeah. So it's, it's quite, but it's, it is, you know, not a great message for, you know, the many people like me who are young kids and seeing that and, and, and basically implicitly, what explicitly telling you that who you are intrinsically is not okay. 100%. And then,
0: so so let's dial back to, I mean, 13 to 16 in the cadet corps. That's, mm-hmm. like, high puberty time. So you're probably starting to move past, like, cute walks and notice mm-hmm. other boys. So did any of those cadets turn you queer?
1: Um, interestingly, I had a senior who I didn't know is gay or was gay. And who basically was, like, a mentor to me for many for the years. He was a year of birth me. For, mm. But from the very beginning, he helped me out a lot. Mm, mm. Um, but eventually I realized he is gay. And I think he did maybe have a crush on me. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, he
0: had um, a crush on you.
1: I think so. But I didn't know he was gay. I just thought he was a, like a good friend. He was always asking me out, writing me a little. Okay.
0: And you didn't have a crush?
1: No. I think that's why I was so blind to it.
0: Oh, he was like, hey, do you want to go practice shooting tin cans off fence posts mm-hmm. and things like that?
1: <laughs> or writing me little notes or like... Yeah, I was studying together and things like that, but I never realized.
0: You're like, hey, why do you always sign my uh, permission slips with little hearts over the (laughs) eyes? What's that about?
1: (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah. So I only realized after years later when I saw him on Tinder, I was like, oh, that's the
0: snap. Okay. But so nothing happened. You didn't sort of have any discovery experiences in c- the cadet corps?
1: No, unfortunately, I'm very boring. So I didn't have my first sexual experience.
0: And but then you move on to the army. What happened mm-hmm. there?
1: You have to say it's not very gay as well. Like, uh, well, you,
0: I guess you had to be careful, too.
1: Exactly. So yeah. in the army, you know, in Singapore, how it works is the first few months you are um, sent away to a little island to train. So you oh can't God. really go outside and see family. Okay. For a little while. Uh, and eventually you do get sent out and you could go home sometimes on the weekends. Okay. How long and are you on that island? island? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was like two months maybe. Wow. I th- but we do get little breaks. We do get to come in and out. But there is a period in the beginning which you can't really head hit, hit yeah. on in the beginning. And that's means to kind of acclimatize you to adjusting, being away from family and adjusting to to life in the army. Totally. Um, yeah, but it was difficult, I think, really, because um, I wasn't out as well. Um, yeah, because I wasn't out to my family. And the implication of being out in the army is that I think they would also inform your family, so They would still out you as well. So that makes things very tricky.
0: Of course. And yeah. but did you know in your you knew at this time that you were different? You were queer?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I since, I was a, oh, since I was a kid. Like how old? Um, oof. I don't know. When did Tarzan come out?
0: okay so Jaren, i listen i'm gonna be gentle at first but you are obviously skipping things uh-huh. so let's go back to tarzan okay yeah
1: i mean we all have those phases so i think yeah correcting the way i walked and then you know i think between the ages of like maybe nine ten mm-hmm. that's the era of like uh, when i saw disney movies and i was very into tarzan and into Hercules So this is
0: Tarzan as animated by Disney. Yes. oh, in that lit with those that sweeping auburn hair and that little khaki loincloth. I know, not thinking about it. It's very,
1: yeah, it's very sensual for a kid's movie.
0: Um, yeah, there were a lot of it's a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. I remember I actually I did not I have not seen oh. that movie, but I remember there being a very cute gorilla, um, which, mm. you know, that's a separate conversation. but Tarzan, too. Had a you know a bit of like a stretchy angular face, but I mean that like talk about that bo- talk about body, Jaren.
1: I know, and yeah. and like really unhealthy body norms for gay people too. I mean, like, yeah, that's not realistic. one of many. I know he is a twunk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a twunk. So you so twunk in it at you were like, uh, this is like six to eight age range,
1: May, probably. Uh, I think probably yeah, around that. I think I'm getting really excited by. And, and not really yeah. knowing why. Yeah. And then when I was 13, maybe, and in this High School Musical. Like, oh, Zac Efron. Zac Efron, what are you doing to me? Okay. Was um, that a big hit in Singapore? Oh yeah, I think okay. High School Musical was a big hit. Yeah. Just the first one, I suppose. Um, was it a big hit in in Canada?
0: Uh, yeah, it was a big hit. We we share a mm. lot of pop culture with North America, like sort of at large. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, Zac Efron all those, well, who was it? Uh, I'm so old. The other one, the other people. Um, who was that girl? Vanessa that, Hudgens. Yeah, Vanessa. you got it. Vanessa Hudgens.
1: She's still big with Disney, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, milk it. Mm-hmm. And Zach uh, Efron grew up to be a little bit of a Tarzan himself, I
1: suppose. I know. Yeah, he really went down the muscly route. Yeah, I
0: suppose so. So, okay, so that was that. So you like a bit of like, you got broad tastes. You like the, the jungle men. And the pretty mm-hmm. boys. Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, yeah, I would say I don't have the time, but yeah, I guess I'm pretty. Um, what's the word? Don't want to say slutty,
0: but, <laughs> um, but. I don't want to say it. But I we are thinking. <laughs> it.
1: No, no, um, what do you mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I just a very different taste. I think yeah, Tarzan's oh, yeah. good, Zacafron's good. Uh, what else? Uh, but we consume a lot of um, American culture in yeah. Singapore as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, the country so small. So is there a mm-hmm. big sort of uh, like media market produced from within Singapore?
1: Uh, yes, there is. Um, in a sense, that, I mean, we do have shows locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say they're very good. <laughs> they're often very homophobic as well. And I think sure. in like Singapore culture, I think a lot of more conservative cultures let, like the nuance on what queerness means. Uh-huh. So that also affects you a lot as a kid because the only representation I saw of queer people on TV in Singapore were like this person is gay, but this gay person is a pedophile, yeah, a sex yeah. offender, and take and doing all these awful, awful things, yeah. Uh, and to, to use a kid, you're like, oh, oh crap, I'm that. So like, I really struggle with being queer because I didn't know, I had no ed- education as a kid of. What sex was. So I just thought right. gay people naturally get AIDS and they die. And it's because they are full of sin and they're immoral. And that's what that was in my head as a kid without internet. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And then yeah. You, you didn't feel safe telling anyone um, about who you are or what you're struggling with. So I was pretty, pretty much a depressed and like anxious kid. Um, yeah. Cause
0: it's at least from my experience growing up, it's the kind of secret. It's like admitting to an adult or a friend, like, hey, I like to drown cats. Or just Mm. something where they're going to be like, what's wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah, you keep it to yourself and you hope it goes away and you pray Mm. really hard or you shoot a gun really, really hard and uh, just cross your fingers.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's something I struggled with a lot growing up. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of people still struggle with to this day, which is why now in Singapore, there is more of a push now. Mm. It's still quite a conservative society. But I think recently, last year, they had another character like that on TV, where he was gay.
0: The pedophile?
1: Yeah, and he's also a pedophile. Mm. He's also a pedophile. But I mean, it's just so, yeah, there was kind of a big uproar for, about it from. you Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah, so like we're like, you know, it's, it's 2021. Why is this still on TV? It's, it's really awful. And, you know, it's one thing to say, maybe we don't want, or we're going to minimize representation of queer people on TV, that's one. Yeah. Uh, but secondly to to like portray them as, you know, evil, immoral sex offenders. Yeah, that that that's really awful. And even for myself, like I I work in tech and I work in a few businesses. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the projects I had in the past was um a project that works with Syrian refugees in in the Middle East. Oh wow. So that's my previous company. And the youth council in Singapore reached out and like, Oh, we love to like, you know, talk about what you're doing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not actually doing that anymore. Um that project is kind of like passed on for a few years now. But I'm working on this project for like LGBT mental health, and like, oh, we can talk. And about.
0: they were like, goodbye.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, bye. Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, we can't
1: do that. No good things about career. yeah, exactly. You can Isn't do, that you can do a project on like how LGBT people suck? Maybe we will feature you. <sighs> Isn't
0: that funny? Like the the absolute finite edges of, uh, you know, social justice and human rights, when people are like, yes. Every- Yes, we want to help everyone. Of course, we do. Food and shelter for all. Oh, but mm-hmm. also you're gay and we're, we're not quite there yet. Uh, so yeah. maybe call us back in five or 10 years and uh, we'll see how we do. Yeah, that's really too bad. Yeah, I know what you mean. Of course, the, the good old queer pedophile stereotype is very prevalent and I think still continues on. But the other flavor when I was a kid in North America, you either were either the pedophile or the hilarious fairy godmother, like mm. sexless fairy godmother who helped mm. people around them have fun and matchmake um, and then you mm. just kind of like toddle off into a field and disappear. So not a lot yeah. to aspire to as a kid. Yeah. Even though we did have a sneaking suspicion that we were slightly better than everyone else.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> do you think a lot of queer people like end up as like class clowns? Cuz I, I was definitely always trying to make people laugh in when I was a kid. Yeah. In class.
0: I did. Certainly. It's like how, I mean, what, what can you do but laugh at sort of the absurdity mm. of the world you find yourself in? Well, you can get super depressed, which, you know, I dabbled yes. in too. I wanted to have it all. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's one great coping mechanism, right? Find 100%. out, distract people from the way you walk and all the weird things you do by being a super funny.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's very prevalent in queer culture, which is why, you know, queer culture and humor could be quite dark sometimes and humorous because that's, that's one way we deal with the trauma of things. Yeah. Um, Are you a big comedy fan? Uh, ish, I wouldn't say I'm big on comedy, but I think I'm a funny person. Many mm-hmm. people might disagree, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit delusional, basically. Um, that's fine. <laughs> you made me
0: queer. You Made Me Queer, we'll be right back. Okay, so let's go back. So we have, we padded in the early years. Uh, mm. Then we had Cadet Corps, of course. Then we had full blown Army Boys on an Island, which, if you're not going to write that screenplay, I'm going to write that screenplay. There's a lot of mm-hmm. genres of film that I think that would do very well in. And then mm-hmm. what you get off the island, you get out of the Army. I mean, that's two years. Are we going too quickly? How was that experience being a secret, beautiful queer?
1: Mm. Yeah, it was honestly. It wasn't that eventful. I think I was... Okay, so first of all, back then, they also kind of banned mobile phones.
0: Oh, on the island, you mean? In the army. Oh, in the army.
1: Uh, In the army in general. So there was a time where, like, you couldn't bring in smartphones, only dumb phones.
0: You'd use tin tin cans with strings. Wait, do you say dumb phone?
1: Yeah, we call it, like, you know, like a Nokia. Yeah. Like a Nokia phone.
0: Like with snake on it? Yeah,
1: and, you you know, you could could throw it from, (laughs) like, you could drop it from, like, the 10 stories down and still be alive, the no (laughs) found. Yeah. And it was something to do with like making sure no information gets leaked or whatever. Got it. Um, But which also mean then you can't use the apps. So there was really no right way to meet people in the camps.
0: Right. Um, So there's no like island Tinder or island grinder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how much things have changed because it would have been close to 10 years ago for me now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And not something you really want to mess with i think singapore is extremely strict so while it's kind of hot the thing about oh the the hot sweaty things that might it happen but at the same time it just kind of really in the back of your head just like you're afraid of being locked up for like years so like yeah um, even though they say they wouldn't they will not persecute you for it but I'm, I'm i'm still pretty sure if you get caught you know doing it or being mm-hmm. in the pants of like your cool because an army is not a great thing
0: yeah you don't want to do that yeah so so yeah yeah go ahead so no broke back, no
1: broke back mountain okay <laughs> no call me by your name and in, in no. the army unfortunately no
0: call me by your name on that island with the dumb phones so then you get out of the army finally and at that point you're what university age so next is university mm-hmm.
1: so next was to the uk in 21 um i start university a bit much later than everybody okay uh yeah so that's off from singapore to london that's a big change at that point mm-hmm. um yeah at the point it was kind of like just liberation and and freedom and kind of trying to rework and unlearn the things i i, I you know you you think about yourself being queer growing up in a very conservative asian society so yeah the, i guess that would that was this, you know the start of my you know um slut days or my full days. <laughs>
0: well, I was uh, gonna say, did you explode <laughs> out? But I think you've just answered my question. So you kind of like made up for lost time or you felt really free to explore yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Would, and London's pretty queer.
1: Yeah, London's pretty queer.
0: I mean, the British in general are queer mm-hmm. as hell.
1: You know, and 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 I'm just discovering more and more of that in recent years. I think yeah. even when I first came out as a baby gay, I would, yeah. I would still not be, um exploring the different scenes, I would just be going to like the very mainstream gay clubs with my my uni mates. But right. now it's like now there's so many different um queer clubs in London where you could really be anyone and express yourself in different ways. So I'll, you know, express myself in the way I dress. Yes. Um all these different queer raves. and and yeah it's just it's just great. I'm really happy and it's it's great being in London. Yeah.
0: That's so great. Yeah. I mean I think of I mean I guess we have some Tarzan thread, colonial Tarzan threads moving through with a lot of like um, yellow frilly dresses. We have, there are people who carry umbrellas, not only in the rain, but also inexplicably in the sun, uh, sort of parasol esque. So, yeah. So, so you went into like a queer hotbed. And then I'm curious too, all these different scenes. Has the military scene ever come back for you? Was that sexually coded early on? I mean, it is,
1: it's a potential kink. So I do have some less okay. stuff. Okay, know? there you go. That's military adjacent. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think, you know, I think I'd be much more into it if I didn't went to the army itself, I think. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, I also it's... don't want to make fun necessarily and romanticize that because, you know, the army can be a horrible dark place too, so
1: yeah for a lot of people you know and i do know some people who are working full-time who decided to stay within the army and then you have probably to have to hide the fact that you are queer um which kind of really sucks yeah totally
0: but they can be the the sleeper cells on the inside Mm -hmm. so here you now from london charter that biplane that drops all the Grind your loaded smartphones onto that army island. I'm really into this army island idea. Yeah. And then um, there's there's phones everywhere, like in every owl hole in a tree, Mm. um, for all those young baby gays who are stuck out there.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure now there's a lot more action going on. I think in the past there's just no way to meet anybody, but I'm sure like you know nights out, lights out at like ten, you know, just meet someone in the toilets. No one's no one's gonna realize anything. (laughs) Um, honestly.
0: Perfect. We'll just drop sex in the city DVDs and Adam's family to why do I think of that have you seen Adam's family values the sequel to the Adam's family movie
1: no Adam's family is it the one where like they're like goth yeah they're they're, like
0: they're super goth yeah the kid Um, uh, the the daughter and the son it's Wednesday who's like this cute little pigtailed goth mm -hmm. all the families are weirdos it's sort of very mm -hmm. queer coded to me um Mm -hmm. Anyway. I didn't realize actually, I didn't realize it's actually,
1: I mean, I watched that a lot growing up, but it never, it never struck me as queer. I think well, I now guess, that now mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, for me, because it's a family of like outcasts and weirdos who are yeah. sort of, you know, they're, they're not a chosen family. They're a real family, but also yeah. they, uh, they just have to kind of trust that they know what's best for them. I don't know. You can, you can project mm-hmm. it on lots of things, but yeah. Christina Ricci. Yeah. Ritchie. yeah.
1: It reminds me a little bit of her Rocky Horror as well, I suppose.
0: Yeah, totally. A lot of, I mean, there you've got your leather situation as well. I'm sure someone's wearing leather in that Adams Family house. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of stripes, very slimming garments. Mm -hmm. Queer too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I think, so we've we've got quite a good list of things to blame. Uh, Then it sounds like you sort of found your freedom and everything was good. But anyone else you want to throw under the bus?
1: I mean, what would my mom think? She would think lots of things make me gay. Yeah, Like jewelry, for example. Did you wear jewelry as a child? Unfortunately not. I think I would have loved to. But recently, when I did come back this year, I started wearing like clip-on earrings. Yes. Mom's like, why are you wearing that? You know, um... And the same thing, and I, lost, I started working out a lot more and I lost a bunch of weight. So I guess being the skinnier yeah. and having abs now makes me gay. All right, like, showing off. It looks so gay it now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or necklaces. I got yeah. my dad a silver chain necklace for his birthday this year. Nice. And he was like, does this make me look gay? But he didn't say gay. He said like, you know, the Chinese version probably is like faggy, you know?
0: Oh, and what did wow. you say?
1: I was like, you wish, you wish, you, gay. <laughs> yeah. you wish you look as good as us. Right. Thank you very much. But <laughs> it, it, yeah, I think we have to speak of these like passive aggressive comments that we might still get for our friends. Yeah. Or family. Yeah. yeah.
0: Although the necklace you gave him did say kitty girl on it. So that, mm. what that did kind of yeah. look. Faggy. It was very gay. necklace. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> choker.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, because that stuff, I mean, certainly less so these days. At least I live in a very big city in Canada, so Mm. uh, even if people are thinking something discriminatory, they might keep it to themselves. But yeah, you have to deal with those sort of offhand comments, too, where you're Mm. constantly tasked with making the choice. Am I going to correct you? Do this work for free? Um, But, you know, it's an opportunity, or do I let it pass by?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, when you do feel safe to speak up, we should speak up um yeah i agree yeah so after those you know little it's like with people and with family sometimes you have to renegotiate boundaries and that was kind of like that process for me and so they kind of stopped which was great because in the past like even though i wasn't out to my family they would always mm-hmm. assume they would always be asking my sisters who i'm out to am i gay and my sisters will always deny on my behalf yeah but um, your
0: sisters knew yes
1: yeah, so i came out to them when i was 18 um yes. Like, I think when I was 21, my mom found condoms and, in, in, like, going through my stuff. Um, when I was like, yeah, and she found condoms, going through my stuff. Very Asian oh. mom thing to do, to go through, to your, <laughs> to go through in, things. your child's bedroom. So there was, I think, before, I, I think I was visiting Singapore back from, from the UK. Mm-hmm. But condoms, condoms. wouldn't out you, necessarily. Yes, exactly. But she found condoms and she went to my sister. Why does Jaron have condoms? Is he gay? <laughs> Why would she assume that? Exactly. <laughs> She's like, straight people don't use protection. Yeah, what is this? Why does he have condoms? Is he gay? But everything is like, is he gay? Yeah. Um, and that does happen a lot. So I have, I have had a tattoo now on my back since yeah. I was 21. And I've never shown it to my parents, even though I'm often like not wearing much clothes in the house. I'll just have a towel behind me okay. to cover my back.
0: What does the tattoo say?
1: Or I'll walk backwards. You walk back, wait, you walk backwards so they won't see you. Yeah. Him. They're Sometimes like, Jaron, why do you backwards. keep
0: moonwalking through the living room? Yeah. Are you, are you gay? Why are you walking like that? <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: <laughs> but it's, it's, it's going to be a recurring theme in my life, which is okay. like, why does Jaron walk like that? Is he gay? Yeah. Um, and it's like, I guess on some level, parents always know. And, you know, they were very blindsided when I did come out last, um, about one and a half years ago. I was like, how could you have not known? you asked all these like, silly questions. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Do you know what's funny? That just reminded me, my brother used to have a weed dealer who, when Mm -hmm. he sold, I'm allowed to say this now because pot's legalized in Canada, but Mm -hmm. um, he would come to the house because he always, I think, wanted to like smoke the first joint from what he was selling you. So my brother would be sitting on the couch, smoking with his weed dealer. And I never Mm. liked this dealer guy. He was a bit of a weirdo. And I remember Mm. just walking through the living room once while the weed dealer was there. I just walked through the room into the mm. kitchen and then I could hear the guy go, is your brother gay? And I was in the kitchen like, what? How, I, I took like six steps past mm. you. What, did I, what is it about my walk? And I was like 25 at the time. Mm-hmm. Way out then? Who knows? Maybe I was wearing a particularly tight tee. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird though. So wait, you skipped over this. What does your tattoo say?
1: Oh yes, so it's from my favorite book. Um, it's called The Little Prince. Oh, yeah. The one with the little prince and the fox and the prince goes around different planets and he has a rose. Yeah. Um, but basically it's on my back behind my heart and it says oh. um, what is essential is invisible to the eye. Um,
0: that's great. Thank you. But do, wait, that your mom thinks that's you you think that's going to out you?
1: Well, they just think everything's gay. So I'm just like trying to avoid those conversations. Um,
0: oh, yeah. It's a bit poetic. Yes. It's not like an Aerosmith lyric or something.
1: Yeah, it's just like. With parents is always tough. So there was before I came out, there was always this war between me and my family my, my, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And it's got gotten much better since I've come out. Like I feel I feel that I could be closer to them and tell them about things, who I'm seeing, mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing. Uh, maybe not the full extent, you know, of, of of like raves and the clubs, but <laughs> yeah. like they get some level of like you know how I'm leading my life. Um, yeah,
0: they're coming to ter- They're they're coming around, or at least in their own way. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. That's
0: great. It gets better, Jaren. Mm-hmm. It does get better. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just as a kid, you know, I think I wouldn't have known how it would feel like now, you know, as a, like mm-hmm. a young adult. But it's it's so dark for so many kids out there.
0: Well, listen, I'm glad you uh, you kept walking exactly the way you walk and walked yourself straight in front of a microphone to have this conversation with me and I don't want to say goodbye, but before I let you go, would you like to play a game? Yes. Thank God. This game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist.
1: Queer. Queerer. Queerest. So
0: I'm going to give you three things. You're going to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Mm -hmm. Any questions? Uh, No. Fantastic. Here we go. Thing number one, Paddington Bear. You know Paddington Bear, of course.
1: Yeah. Mm,
0: British fantastic fantastic gorgeous little pea coat with those knobs they tie up in front uh thing number two Cadbury fingers mm. so for uh people outside of the UK listening Cadbury finger is like a like a chocolate stick um but named Cadbury finger so deal with that mm. and finally <clears throat> thing number three I've already alluded to this in my conversation but we'll bring it up again uh, sunny weather umbrellas also known as parasols so let's recap paddington bear cadbury fingers sunny day parasols the least queer to most queer and why
1: mm. well parasols the least gay mm. i don't think it's very much queer is it? it's it's um it's just a brolly um okay <laughs> brolly an umbrella a okay parasol. yes 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 of course a brolly. Yes. yeah um yeah, so that's the least queer to me. Wait, um, so
0: the, the... Okay, the reason is... It's just a thing. It's a functional thing. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, got it.
1: It's, it's not sexual. Nothing sexual came to mind when you said that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't necessarily have
0: to be sexual, per se, but queer.
1: Mm, fair. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, thing two. Queerer.
1: Paddington Bear. Why? Pretty queer. Yeah. Uh, it's in the name. He's very camp, <laughs> isn't he? Um... Yeah, and my mind just went to bears when you, when you sit back. Yeah, I was, like, I I was right. thinking of him in like a leather outfit oh, version of what he's wearing.
0: I'm sure someone has drawn that, by the way, if you <laughs> Google sure. it. And I encourage you to not Google it, but I also support you. Mm, I'll,
1: yeah, I'll pass on that.
0: Yeah, Okay. Thank you. Uh, so then I guess queerest is?
1: Capri Fingers. Yeah. You seem unsure. I think that's something very sensual about you know, fingers and, and <laughs> lick the chocolate off your hands. Yeah, okay. And and food, you know, and sex.
0: Okay, okay. Have you eaten a Cadbury finger before?
1: Uh, I like the thing I have. It's, it's a little, it's a chocolate covered stick, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I googled it. It's like a chocolate, kind of thick chocolate stick with round ends. Yeah. Uh, It looks delicious, like a, a biscuit stick.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, I've definitely I've just I've just Googled it. I've definitely had it. Yeah. You've had that.
0: And and mm. stars out of ten?
1: Uh five.
0: Oh, that's it's okay.
1: I wouldn't say it's like super delicious. There are much better Chalkies chocolates out there.
0: Oh sure. Oh thank you for <laughs> explaining what Chalkies is. Uh okay, so like Cadbury's is like a like a mid-range chocolate, you're saying. Mm. Yeah. I see. Wow. Highbrow. Okay. So let's review. So, according to Jaren, least queer was uh, a sunny day parasol, AKA brawly, because it's just a thing. Get over it. Queerer uh, was Paddington Bear because a bear in a leather harness, don't Google it. And queerest, uh, fingers, for the reasons mm-hmm. you've just said, although as a yes. chocolate, subpar. Yeah. Fantastic. So let me check. Um, of course, this is a very scientific academic test. So I need to sort of confer with my marking rubric here. Yes, one, mm-hmm. two, slide the bead over here and the bead back. Congratulations, A+, 100%. Uh, you did a great job. And you are, in fact, Jaren, Ooh. a queer person.
1: Yes, yes, I am.
0: <laughs> the results are in. <laughs> so before I say goodbye, anything you want to plug?
1: Um, yes. So hi, I'm Jaron, and I'm the founder of Voda. And Voda is the mental wellness app for the LGBTQIA plus community. So, as you might have learned, I struggled a lot with my own sexuality growing up. And what really helped me was therapy. So, what Voda does is we have worked with a fantastic team of queer psychotherapists who identify across different sexualities, genders, and ethnicities to create digital therapy programs based on mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. So think of it like a calm or a headspace kind of meditation app, but based on therapy concepts and made especially for queer people. Um, and you can find out more about our private beta and help ship the product at www.voda.co.
0: Oh my God, that sounds so great. As someone who loves uh, therapy, psychotherapy, all forms of therapy and talks about it on the show often, it is mm. such a lifeline. It is so great. If you don't have a dumb phone, if you have a smartphone, yes. you can get that app or go to the website. Uh, what, a, what a huge resource. And, and fortunately, I think something as queer folks were starting to really understand the value of.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It really helped me and
0: great, yeah, changed my life. Great. Well... Well, if you're listening and you want to be like Jaren or be like me, therapized yes. and the journey continues, uh, check it out, please. That sounds so fantastic. And I really want to thank you, Jaren, for coming on the show, because I was very queer when this recording began. But talking to you, Jaren, has made me queerer than ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Unsurprised. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Trevor. Okay. Enjoy the rain. Thank you. We're queer, queer. Queer, 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 queer. Queer, 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 queer. And that's in the podcast making business, what we call a completed episode. That's our show. As always, you can mail me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Do it more than ever before because, listen, no show off, but I had a straight A-plus average for podcast review ratings. And some dunce... Gave me my first two-star on Apple Podcasts. I don't know who you are. Maybe you're listening. I would imagine you're not because if two stars, what are you coming back for? Honestly, I'm consistent in whatever my brand is, Uh, but you need to go here and up my average if you liked this. Give me some five stars to combat the two-star scum out there. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure you're fine. I value your opinion. I just want it erased from the algorithm. So uh, do that. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And that is it. So cue credits. (laughs) You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our sound engineer is little Sean Dan Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more for music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday and from the bottom of my big bent, effeminate, and swishy heart. Thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.